Hello everybody, it is Michael and I'm back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. If you're listening on any audio platform, make sure to download and if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to leave a like. Uh, you can definitely check out my Clips channel if you just want me to uh, to hear me talk about specific topics. And yeah, let's get right into the show. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the playoffs. Uh, the first series I'm going to talk about is uh, the first second round matchup that ended. We got Bucks versus Heat. Uh, in the game that the Bucks did, actually, when uh, Giannis was absolutely incredible in the only 11 minutes he did play, he did go out with that ankle injury, which was something that was bothering him before, and he had tweaked it uh, in the game. It was definitely scary to see him go down with that, but it doesn't seem like anything that'll be a major problem, even though it did hold him out for these two games. Uh, but he was incredible in the minutes he did play. 19 points, 8 of 10 shooting, uh, hit his only three. He was just really trying to carry his team on his back while everybody else was struggling. And then in his absence, it seemed like the whole team just kind of rallied around him and stepped up. Chris Middleton was massive, scoring 36. Uh, hit three with seven threes, hit some massive threes, hit the one that closed the game. Was even doing a good job playmaking, hit 9 of 9 free throws. He was just really incredible this game. Uh, Brooke Lopez continues to be really good. Hit two of his five threes, 14 points. He's just been uh, very consistent for the Bucks, especially in the playoffs. It's been really impressive. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo was nice off the bench. George Hill. It was just a very good team effort, and they just seemed to all rally around. Three-point shot wasn't really hitting, but Chris Middleton was truly the guy who closed out this game in an OT thriller. Uh, on on the Heat side, uh, Jimmy Butler was just all right, 6 of 15, uh, 17 points. But Jay Crowder continues to be amazing for this Miami Heat team. Uh, he's basically just only taking threes, and he's shooting a great percentage on them. Uh, he shot six, tw- 6 of 12 for 18 points. And I think I saw something where it's like his field goal and his three-point percentage are the same, and they're around like 43 to 45%, which is incredible for him to be shooting that well. Uh, Bam Adebayo had a great game, 26, 12, and 8. Uh, just such a well-rounded player, so versatile, could do so many different things. Uh, and you can just see that with him getting 8 assists as at the center position, him getting 4 offensive rebounds. I love Bam Adebayo's game, and if he can eventually uh, stretch the floor, which he's shown some potential to do, and guys like Jimmy Butler have kind of raved about, uh, that could be something that would really make his game incredibly dynamic even more than it already is and would make him one of the best uh one of the best big men in the league even though he already is he could be up there with guys like carl anthony towns uh duncan robinson continues to be very good for the c team six of 12 from three uh he just plays his role so well he never really goes outside of himself knows exactly what he is and just does that well goran Dragic had his first not so good game 5 of 17, 1 of 9 from 3. Uh, did get to the line 7 times and got 8 assists. Uh, but he's been great for this Heat team. This Heat team is just playing so, so well. Uh, Tyler Hero wasn't great. None of their guys really stepped up off the bench. Kendrick Nunn has been really bad uh, this playoffs for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if sooner rather than later he just gets cut out uh, completely out of the rotation. And uh, it was fun. It was a really good game. Uh, even though Tyler Hero's stats weren't great, he did hit some very, very timely shots. And Chris Middleton and him were kind of going back and forth. So that was fun. Uh, and then the game five that closed it out, 
The Heat just simply outplayed the Bucks. Uh, Jimmy Butler was pretty good, 17 points, uh, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, got 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Jay Crowder continues to be good, like I said. Uh, hit four of his nine threes. Bam Adebayo was just decent. Uh, Goran Dragic was pretty good. It was a very uh, team effort. And then Tyler Hero continues to be really, really good off the bench. I love what I've seen from him in the playoffs. He's just shown that confidence, and he's playing some great basketball. Uh, he made some really very, very, very impressive passes, uh, which is something I definitely like to see him uh, step up in for sure is the facilitating area and him uh, becoming more of a combo guard and he was even uh, doing well getting rebounds playing solid enough defense uh, scoring some timely buckets uh, his three-point shot was great Tyler Hero has just been incredibly impressive this playoffs I've loved I uh, love what I've seen from him he's been huge for this heat team and I think he'll continue to be huge for this heat team uh, as they try to make this a championship run at this point and uh, Kelly Olenek was pretty good scored 12 points in only 17 minutes it was just a nice all-around game uh, the three-point shot wasn't great but they do a great job of getting to the line uh, they play great team basketball and they're gonna play very good defense and then on the Bucks side uh, definitely a very very rough game for them uh, you could kind of see the exhaustion from Chris Middleton for having to carry them so much last game uh, shot 8 of 25, 2 of 9 from 3. It just simply wasn't really falling for him. It just wasn't hidden at all for them. Uh, and then uh, guys like Wesley Matthews, fine, but he didn't hit any threes. Brooke Lopez didn't hit any of his threes. Uh, Eric Bledsoe disappeared like Eric Bledsoe does. 2 of 12, uh, 1 of 4 from 3. Uh, George Hill, 1 of 8. It was just a really, really rough game. Uh, the offense just, they could never make a run to really uh, pull back in the game. It just always seemed like they were just stagnantly beh behind by a good bit. They shot really, really poor from three. And then obviously they're missing Giannis. They're missing their MVP player. You don't expect them to beat such a great Heat team without their MVP player. Uh and next, I definitely want to talk about the future of this Bucks team uh, and what they can do from here to uh, keep Giannis because he'll be a free agent in 2021. And I don't expect him to sign the contract extension this offseason. I just don't think that'd be a very smart move from him. Uh, I think he should wait it out another season to see what the front office does. And they got uh, a lot of decisions to make. If they go all in, uh, I think Mike Boonoser has to be fired. I just don't think he's a good playoff coach. He's a great regular season coach. Uh, if you value just getting wins at the regular season, then yeah, Mike Boonoser is going to be the coach for you. But I just don't think he's uh, good enough in drawing up plays. His offense is incredibly simplistic. And then his rotations are really poor. Uh, it took him so much to even play Chris Middleton uh over like 40 minutes which is ridiculous in a playoff game that you're like preserving your players uh i just don't think he's a very good coach i think it's time to move on from him uh i don't really know where they would go uh for a coach i mean there's guys like dave yeager out there who i think is a very good coach uh, i've heard some assistance on uh, their staff that they like so maybe they would just uh, move up one of those assistants uh, a guy that's already familiar with the team 
And then I think the next move is trying to trade uh, for a guy who can really close out the game because that was the biggest issue I always had with this Bucks team. That's why I always thought they were going to lose to the Heat just because I didn't be- believe in their late game ability. Uh, so I think a guy, and this trade has been brought up from a lot of people like Chris Paul, uh, would be phenomenal. It's a little hard to make the money match. You're going to have to throw in like Eric Bledsoe or Son Eliasova. Uh, a young guy like Dante DiVincenzo and uh, maybe like DJ Wilson, a couple more uh, players or pick. It's kind of just what OKC would want. And I'm sure OKC would try and like flip Eric Bledsoe. But I think that'd be a great move for both sides. Uh, OKC could get a young guy like DiVincenzo that they like. Would probably get a pick that is going to be later, but if uh, they could do well in the draft. And a draft like this that isn't very top-heavy, uh, but it's pretty deep and has a lot of uh, solid role players that you can find later and has some high potential guys for sure. Uh, I think they could make a good pick there. And I just think it would be perfect for the Bucks because it's a guy that they really need, a guy who's shown uh, over and over again that he can come up massive in those clutch situations. He's really uh, just proved so many people wrong. And I just think it's a perfect fit. I think he'd be a great mentor for this team. I think he could teach Giannis a lot. And I think that'd really make a big three that uh, could give the league some problems. You would still have Chris Middle. Uh, you would still have Brooke Lopez, I mean. You would still have guys like George Hill maybe off the bench. Uh, and then you would probably just sign some like shooters for like your mid-level exception. Sign some guys for a vet mid um, vet minimum, maybe try and get, get a guy like Justin Holiday. Just try and get uh, as mu- much shooters as you could off the bench. Because this team has a lot of people who can shoot, but not necessarily a lot of shooters. Like, you'd probably want to replace a guy like Pat Connaughton for a guy who's just like a strict shooter. Uh, Marvin Williams is retiring, uh, which he could have actually been a great piece for them to bring back because he played very well for them. So hopefully they can find someone to replace that uh, him. But I think that big three would be really nice. You would still have Brooke Lopez protecting the rim and hopefully hitting his threes at a better rate than he did this season. Uh, and then you would actually have a legitimate proven closer who's proven year in and year out that he closes games. Uh, you would also just have another facilitator, which I think is another issue with this team is that they don't really have a true great facilitator. And I just think that trade fits so perfectly for them i think they should be incredibly aggressive with it and i think they should just be aggressive this offseason because there's no messing around you cannot let Giannis. you cannot give Giannis a reason to leave uh if he just wants to leave for another team because he wants to go to a bigger market or he just likes the fit of that team better than fine but you have to try and go all in uh, I don't care if you're trading a future pick. That could be bad because Giannis might leave. Uh, I just think you really have to go all in for it. You can't let Giannis uh, slip away uh, without with something that's in your hands. Like You can't come back with the same team because this team is not going to be successful. No matter how much Giannis gets better this offseason, he's still not going to be a closer necessarily. Even though Chris Middleton was very, very efficient this year, he's... A great third option. I just think he fits so much better as a third option than a second option. Uh, And I think they just need that closer. I think Chris Paul is basically the only guy out there, at least a star level player that they could get. 
I mean, obviously, if they could go back in time, they would love to have kept uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I think that was a massive mistake. Because I think even with the Eric Bledsoe contract, which is a very bad one, they still could have uh, kept Malcolm Brogdon. They just would have had to go over the luxury tax. And even signing a guy like Ersan Ilyasova to like a three-year, $21 million contract uh, is one of the reasons they didn't re-sign Malcolm Brogdon, who could have been uh, like... Chris Middleton and him could have been like a 2A and 2B, which I don't even think the Bucks necessarily need like that second guy. He, they just need three guys who can really uh, just score the ball well and are all around an all-star level player around Giannis. And I think uh, Malcolm Brogdon could be a pretty could have been a pretty solid closer for them even though the injury thing is something you can definitely worry about because he's had a history with that that was a huge mistake and obviously they can't go back on it and I think just the best way to try and go back on it is getting a guy like Chris Paul who can close the game who's an elite facilitator uh who uh, really has that in-between game that I think the Bucks are missing a lot uh, even though the mid-range is valued so much less in the modern NBA, I still think it's important to have a guy who can really get it in the mid-range area. And Chris Paul is maybe the best mid-range shooter in the entire NBA. Uh, I heard Max Kellerman say this. I just saw it on Twitter, which is something I agree with completely, that uh, someone made the comment that that Giannis might be a Pippin, but I think it's more Giannis is a Shaq, where he needs a, an elite guard next to him who can set him up, because even though you don't think of Giannis as a big man, just because he does so many things, he handles the ball a lot, a lot of the time he's their main facilitator, uh, at the end of the day, he is a big man uh, who plays like a big man, so he's going to need a guard next to him who can close the game, who can set him up in the pick and roll, and I think he needs a better coach who can put him in better positions for sure. Because him just standing at the top of the key, especially against a team like the Heat. Against a team who doesn't have the personnel to guard him, uh, that may work. But having him just continue to try and uh, get past people, and then he just keeps going into the wall, and then they close out to the shooters, it just doesn't work. They need a more creative coach, and then they need that true closer. I think that's how uh, they could really become a team that people could be confident in that they could actually win a championship. Uh, next, I'm going to talk about Rockets versus Lakers. Uh, and first, we're going to talk about Game 2. Game 2 was a pretty interesting one. James Harden played really well, uh, but the Lakers were doing a great job of really aggressively double-teaming him, and they were letting Russell Westbrook shoot because he was horrendous this game. 4-15, 1 of 7 from 3, only hit 1 of his 3 free throws. He was settling for a lot of threes. Like I was very frustrated watching him when they were doing the doubling on James Harden, just letting him shoot. Uh, I was very frustrated n- him not getting to his mid-range uh, area because it seems like if that was like February, Russell Westbrook, when he was dominant, that's what he would have done. But he kept settling for those threes. I would have loved to see him either attack the basket and try and get uh, free throws or kick it out to the corner or just get to that mid-range area that he's been very good at. But he settled for a lot of threes, uh, which is something he did in previous years, but he hadn't even been doing as much this year. He had some terrible turnovers, had seven of them. Uh, It was just really ugly on some of those. And yeah, James Harden was so great. 27, 50% from the field, 50% from three. Uh, Hit 11 of his 13 free throws. But 
it's tough when he's getting so consistently double teamed. And I can't even blame James Harden. Like some people would probably say that he choked this game or that he was disappearing away from the ball. But he didn't really do anything wrong. It's just the Lakers' defense was very smart because uh, they were making Russell Westbrook try and make the right basketball play, which as great as a player Russell Westbrook is, I can never trust him to just make the outright the right basketball play. And it's kind of tough to see uh, the Rockets play very well overall. Like, they shot over 40% from three on 53 attempts. Robert Covington was great. P.J. Tucker was great. Uh, Eric Gordon was great. Daniel House was really good. It was just a super all-around performance, and they still lost. Uh, but if we saw Russell Westbrook uh, step up and even play just like a slightly below-average game, this could have been a lot better. But he played terrible. The turnovers were so ugly. And then the shot just really uh, wasn't there for him. He wasn't being that aggressive. I think he just lost his confidence, so he was just settling for those threes. And then on the Lakers' side, uh, LeBron dominated LeBron has been very, very good this series. Uh, 34 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He was just great. Uh, Anthony Davis is looking like prime Dirk out there. Uh, as much as people were saying he was going to dominate on the inside this series, it's really been the, that like mid-range area that he's been absolutely killing it in. The mid-range area has been insane for him. It just really seems like he can't miss for there. Uh, even when they're throwing double teams at him, he's hitting like step backs. He's hitting the fadeaways. He's just been crazy from that area. Uh, he even got nine of. Oh no! I looked at LeBron's stat. Oh, I confused that completely. Oh, wait. LeBron had 28, 11, and nine, <laughs> and Anthony Davis had 34, uh, 10, and four assists. So yeah, Anthony Davis is really, really been great this uh, series. Even though so many people were saying, oh, it's because of the height advantage he's going to dominate. It's just he's simply just more skilled than these players. Like, P.J. Tucker is playing amazing defense because P.J. Tucker is one of the strongest players in the whole NBA. A guy that definitely, in my opinion, deserves an all-defense uh, spot. And he's just playing insane defense. And Anthony Davis is just hitting the shots. It's it's really as simple as that. You can't do anything more. And that's the shot that the Rockets are going to want him to take. It's the least efficient shot in basketball. And it's just a hard shot when you got guys doubling and uh, leaving the other people open. But AD is just killing it. Uh, he's really been great. And then this is the big thing about the Lakers. If they can have some role players, especially off the bench, step up, then this team is deadly. It, they have Danny Green hitting three of five threes, and then Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench, scoring 13, only missing one shot. Uh, Rajon Rondo has looked great in the playoffs. I thought playoff Rondo was kind of dead just because he really wasn't good at all this year. He was pretty bad this year, uh, but he's back in the playoffs, and he's playing well. Only hit one of five of his threes this game, but still got nine assists. He was uh, still very huge for uh, this Lakers team. Got five steals, was playing good defense on Russell Westbrook. Uh, he really play outplayed Russell Westbrook this game. And then Markeith Morris was so hot in the first quarter. Uh, hit four threes in the first quarter. Him and Rondo were great out there, were massive off the bench. 
And uh, if, like I said, if the role players are playing well for the Lakers and LeBron and AD are being LeBron and AD, which they are going to be most times, they're so consistent, uh, it's really almost impossible to beat this Lakers team just because those two uh, top guys are so amazing. And then if you just even have one or two guys step up, that's a tall task. So, And we saw that with the Rockets shooting amazing from three, shooting over 40%, 53 attempts. Uh, we just saw that the Lakers are just a better team simply. And the Lakers also shot great from three, which is a, another big X factor for them, 44%. Uh, great game from the Lakers. Moving on to game three of the series. Uh, LeBron was truly in takeover mode, especially in that first half. Uh, the first half, he was incredible. Uh, shot uh, 13 of 23. He wasn't great in the second half. Shot 4 of 9 from 3. Uh, but in the first half, for sure, he was dominant. Uh, I think he had about 30 in the first half. Scored 36 overall. He was just great. Uh, four blocks. He was making a ton of big plays on the defensive end. Uh, getting those chase downs that he's famous for. And then Anthony Davis continues to be incredibly efficient. Like I said, those mid-ranges are unstoppable right now. He's really on a roll. Uh, got 15 rebounds, got 6 assists. Uh, he just played a great game. He's been playing so good, especially with him playing center, which I love that uh, the Lakers really aren't even trying to play uh, the traditional big man, two-big-man lineup that much. I don't even think I've seen uh, Dwight Howard touch the court and then JaVale McGee only played six minutes this game. And uh, Danny Green and Codwell Pope uh, continue to struggle. Danny Green basically only had one good game. Uh, those guys just haven't been good. And then uh, Kyle Kuzma and Rajon Rondo continue to be good. Kyle Kuzma, 7 of 10. Uh, he was really good. And then Rajon Rondo, 21. They were letting him shoot threes, and he was hitting them. 3 of 5 from 3, 9 assists. He just played another great game. Uh, playoff Rondo is really is really and truly a thing, and he's playing great basketball right now. Uh, that's such a huge X factor if the Lakers can get Rajon Rondo perf to perform well because that's the thing that basically everyone was just scared of. When LeBron is not on the court, uh, who's going to be that guy who can be that ball handler and that facilitator when LeBron's not on the court? And if they can get Rondo to be as good as he's playing right now, then that would be massive, uh, especially if he can hit his threes. Because no matter how good he's shooting on the threes, teams are still going to dare him to shoot it because it's just not something he's known for. Uh, so he just got to try and hit them the best he can. And, yeah, really impressive performance from uh LeBron and AD, and then had those guys step off, step up off the bench, which was big. And then the Rockets, uh, Eric Gordon had his first really bad game, shot 2 of 9, only scored 10 points. He's been great for the Rockets uh, in the past couple of games, but he just was really bad this game. He had some terrible shots. He had some very Eric Gordon shots where, like, Eric Gordon is a, a solid player, even though he had a, a down year for sure. But even when he was like in his prime winning sixth man of the year, he's going to have a shot basically every game where you're just like, why? Where he'll shoot like a 30-footer with like 20 seconds left on the shot clock. I remember vividly him doing it one time, and I'm like, why did you do that? But I'm like, that's such an Eric Gordon shot. Uh, and then Robert Covington played well. He uh, got hurt, but it looks like he'll be back. It, 
uh, I don't think he got a broken nose or a concussion, so that's good. But it was definitely a scary injury because he was bleeding very, very bad. And James Harden continues to be great. Uh, 33 points, shot about 48%, hit four of his nine uh, threes, hit all seven of his free throws, got nine rebounds, got nine assists. Uh, but he's just a little limited due to them double-teaming him so much and the way they're double-teaming him, which is tough because he really can't do anything more. Uh, and he's playing so well. Like The Lakers have no one to guard him, and he's taking full advantage of that when they're not double-teaming him. And then Russell Westbrook had a great game. Uh, slowed down in the second half a bit after having a, a crazy hot first half, but hit two of his four threes, uh, scored pretty efficiently, got eight rebounds, six assists, uh, the turnovers weren't as bad. He just played a much better game, a much more Russell Westbrook-like game. Uh, but no one off the bench really stepped up. They were missing Daniel House. Uh, the situation going on with him is a little bit weird, uh, very confusing. He was out for personal reasons, and there were some reporters saying it was because he brought a girl that wasn't his girlfriend or his wife into the bubble. And then uh, we didn't hear that from any like of the bigger sources. And then he was out for injury. It was just a weird situation that I haven't figured out yet. And he's a big player for them, so he uh, they definitely could use him back. But Jeff Green continues to be great for the Rockets. Uh, he was really good in the 35 minutes that he played. 16 points, uh, hit one of his two threes, scored very efficiently. He's just been huge for this Rockets team. I would definitely expect them to give him another contract because he's been so great. But Austin Rivers didn't score. Ben McLemore didn't score. And those guys get torched on defense when they're out there. Uh, it was just really the Russell Westbrook and James Harden show. Uh, and then Jeff Green and Robert Covington played solid. But they definitely didn't play their best game. I mean, they still shot 40% from three. But they only shot 30 of them, which is very, very low for the Rockets team. Because the Lakers were just playing great defense. So the way the Lakers are rotating, uh, getting out to shooters... And then double-teaming James Harden is really, really impressive. They're playing great right now. Uh, I still think the Rockets can make this a six- or seven-game series just because of how sporadic they are, uh, how good James Harden is playing. He's been amazing in the playoffs. Literally, other than that game seven, he's been so great in the playoffs. And then if Russell Westbrook can play like this, the Rockets uh, have a chance every single game. Uh, but I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back to talk about some more playoff games. Okay, I'm back to talk about Celtics versus Raptors. Now, first, we're going to talk about Game 5 before we talk about the insane Game 6. Uh, Jason Tatum definitely struggled this game. Only shot 5 of 15. Uh, just wasn't very good at all. Only shot 1 of 5 from 3. Uh, but Jalen Brown definitely had a bounce-back game after having a terrible game. Uh, scored 27 points, hit 10 of 18 shots, 3 of 7 from 3. He was just great this game. He was great on defense, uh, getting 3 steals. Uh, just a truly great bounce back game from him. Daniel Tice was super efficient, shot 5 of 5, uh, hit 5 of 6 free throws. He was great this game. Uh, Marcus Smart was pretty decent, 4 of 8, hit 2 of his 5 threes, uh, got 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Just a nice well-rounded game well-rounded game from him uh Kemba Walker was pretty solid only hit one of his six threes but still scored 21 on very good efficiency uh was doing a good job playmaking and no one else really stepped up uh that much for the Celtics except for Brad Wanamaker uh Brad Wanamaker had a massive game off the bench scored 15 points hit three of five threes uh, I'm a guy who gets very frustrated very often while watching Brad Wanamaker but I gotta give him props when he has a good game and he was 
really, really good this game. If the Celtics can even just have literally one guy step off, off the bench, it's hard for them to be beaten. And then Toronto uh, had a really bad night offensively, especially to start the game. They were really, really bad to start the game. Uh, Fred Van Vliet wasn't that good. Uh, only shot 2 of 7 from 3. Uh, Kyle Lowry, 1 of 3 from 3. Norman Powell, 4 of 11. Uh, Pascal Siakam only scored 10 points. OG Ananobi shot 3 of 11 after starting off pretty good. It was just a pretty poor game for them overall. Uh, definitely expect them to be better on most nights. Shot under 40% from the field. Shot only 30% from three. They could just really never come back in the game because they built themselves up a big deficit very quickly. They only scored 11 points in the first quarter. And the def- even though they a lot of times they were just missing shots, the defensive rotations that the Celtics were making were really impressive. Uh, they just seemed so motivated. And they never let the game slip away from them. They just uh, stayed in control the entire time and played a very good game, especially in that first quarter. The defense was insane, and they just kept that up even though the Raptors started to hit some more shots. They were still playing very good defense, and then the offense was very solid. Uh, At one point, they were up 30. The Raptors never led in this game. It was just a really impressive performance from the Celtics. And then Game 6 was absolutely insane. As a Celtics fan... This gave me about 30 heart attacks during this game. It was just such a stressful game to watch. A double OT thriller that either brought it to Game 7 or could have brought the Celtics to the Conference Finals. The Raptors did end up winning, but the Celtics played very, very well. Uh, Jason Tatum in 51 minutes uh, scored 29. He wasn't great to start, but he hit some very, very timely shots. He hit a massive three. Uh, that could have kept the Celtics in the game and brought it to a third overtime, hit four of his eight threes. And then uh, what impressed me most was how Jason Tatum was impacting the game in other ways. Got 14 rebounds, nine assists, two steals, two blocks, playing great defense, uh, facilitating very well. It was just a really impressive step from him to do other things when a shot isn't falling, even though he's mainly a scorer. Jalen Brown was super hot in the first half, uh, definitely cooled down. Uh, for the rest of the game but that first half where he scored I think it was 21 was uh, very very big for keeping the Celtics in the game when Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker were struggling Uh, Daniel Tice was amazing this game he's uh, always just going to be a very solid defensive center he got some very timely boards uh, and then was huge just uh, get being there for lobs and stuff. Uh, Mark Smart had a phenomenal lob to him. He was just great for the Celtics team. Uh, shot 9 of 11, scored 18. Marcus Smart, even though he had one of the most frustrating shots I've ever seen uh, at the end of the game when Kemba was pretty open, uh, he was really, really good this game. Shot 6 of 15 from the field. Shot 6 of 11 from 3. Got 11 rebounds. Uh, got 10 assists. He was making some incredible passes. The passes he was making were really impressive. And then Kemba was really bad this game. In 51 minutes, 5 points. Need to see him be way better game 7. Uh, he just is has been kind of inconsistent so far throughout the playoffs. And it's been a little frustrating to watch, even though like he did hit a massive uh, step-back shot that was huge for the Celtics. And he was actually playing uh, some pretty solid defense. He was playing really hard on that end. Uh, it just overall wasn't a very good game. And even though Brad Wanamaker did shoot 2-4 from 3, he didn't play great overall. Uh, Grant Williams did come in in only 7 minutes and hit t- uh, both of his 3s. And that was nice because Celtics went on a bit of a run to... Uh, come back in the game after they were down by like eight or something. 
uh, and it was just a, it was just truly a thriller, a back and forth game where both teams played very well. Like the Celtics shot over forty percent from three, uh, they got fifty eight rebounds, thirty two assists to only fifteen turnovers. Uh, it was just a really impressive game on both sides, and uh, the Celtics' um, main guys didn't play phenomenal, but the role players stepped up for sure, and the defense they played was very good. Uh, and then for the Raptors' side, Kyle Lowry was insane this game. He played so well. He obviously had that huge fadeaway over Kemba Walker, which was an incredibly tough shot. Can't even blame Kemba at all for it. He played very good defense on that, but sometimes... Uh, people just hit the shot, and that's what Kyle Lowry did. It was a very, very impressive shot. He scored 33 overall. He was hitting some tough, tough shots. Uh, shot 6 of 10 from 3, and they were all very timely shots. Uh, got a rebound, 6 assists. He's going to play good defense. He's going to get those charges. He's going to do Kyle Lowry things, and then when he's making his shots, especially those tough ones, that's just massive. Uh, Fred Van Vliet continues to struggle this series. Uh, especially they've ran a lot of Marcus Smart on him, and that's really made him struggle. I think his size disadvantage is really shown, especially if they end up uh, switching a guy like Jalen Brown on to him. He just really can't do much. Shot 7 of 22, 3 of 13 from 3. Just wasn't very good. Uh, they ran small a lot because Marcus Hall was in a bit of foul trouble. Uh, and then Serge Ibaka uh just was injured recently he had a bit of an ankle injury and it was cool to see them go with the small ball because the celtics even though daniel tice is a center uh kind of always run small ball with him in there because he's only six nine and he's very mobile for his uh for his position so it was nice to see more pascal siakam at center and them running a bit more five out but pascal was really really bad and uh, I saw this tweet from uh, NBA YouTuber Rusty Buckets that if Pascal Siakam was as advertised, the series would be over, which is true. The Celtics would not uh, be in the series if Pascal was playing like he uh, was supposed to. But I've always thought, uh, well, at least this season, that Pascal Siakam was uh, pretty overrated. His stats were a bit inflated by that super hot start for the first like month he had, but he had definitely dropped off a bit, especially from the three-point shooting, and that has continued in the bubble uh, for sure. He's been just really bad. It's really showing his lack of shot creation, his lack of a true uh, multiple go-to moves. He obviously has that spin move, which everybody's been joking about because that's like the only move he goes to. And then the threes just aren't hitting. He shot 0-5, only 5-19 overall. He tries to post up a lot. But when you have a guy like Jalen Brown on you, who's a pretty strong guy and who uh, isn't that far off on him for height and length, it's really uh, not ju just not that effective of a move, to be totally honest. And Norman Powell was great for them off the bench, 23 points, 3-6 from 3. Uh, even though I definitely didn't like the play call to ISO Norman Powell to try and win the game, I think that was a terrible play call by Nick Nurse. Uh, overall, he still played great. Very underrated player. And it was just everything you want in a playoff game. Storylines, there's drama. At the end, they were arguing. Uh, it just was everything you wanted. A double OT thriller uh, with two teams that are very, very evenly matched. And honestly, Game 7, it's so tough to predict. I'm still going with my Celtics. This was my prediction since day one with Celtics in 7. And I'm still going with that, but I just think it's going to be a tough Game 7. I think it's going to be an ugly one. I think the fatigue from uh, both teams is really going to show. I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think you should be surprised either, if each team shoots like under 40%. 
And I think uh, the Celtics just have shown an ability to win ugly games like that. And I think we'll see that on Friday. It'll be a very tough game, but I got the Celtics winning. And yeah, this was just a war. Obviously, I'm disappointed my Celtics didn't win. But it's one of those games where you can't be too disappointed in your team. And sometimes the other team just simply outplays you. And it, uh, even though I was disappointed, especially by that last shot, Marcus Smart, I think his foot was on the line too. So even if he made it, it wouldn't have... Uh, it wouldn't have tied the game. And then it was just a really bad shot, especially with the amount of time left. Uh, I was just disappointed by him for sure on that. Uh, but overall, it was just a great game. Uh, can't be too disappointed. Moving on to Clippers versus Nuggets. The Clippers uh, have taken a demanding 3-1 lead uh, in game uh, three. Kawhi was pretty solid. Uh, just scored 23 points. Wasn't anything great, but was big on the rebounds, uh, playing great defense, you know, doing Kawhi things. Uh, Paul George definitely had a great game this game. Uh, shot two, uh, shot 12 of 18, shot 5 of 7 from 3, scored 32 points. He was just really, really good this game. Uh, looking like the Paul George we've been wanting to see for sure. Uh, Marcus Morris was very good in the minutes he did play. Uh, it was just a very well-rounded performance by the Clippers. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George were the two main guys, but uh, Patrick Beverly was solid off the bench. Michael Green was solid. Uh, Lou Williams wasn't great at all. Uh, Montrose Harrell, though, was getting to the free throw line at a very, very good rate. It was just a pretty solid performance by them. It wasn't anything great. I mean, they didn't shoot great from the three. Uh, and then, other than Jokic, really, the Nuggets definitely, definitely struggled offensively. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was basically the only other guy to step up, but it's just hard to play him. Uh, big minutes when he has the defensive lapses and woes that he does have. Uh, only played 23 minutes, but was great in those minutes he did play, at least on the offensive end. Uh, Jamal Murray, 5'17". Uh, Jeremy Grant, 5'14". Jokic was great this game, as he's been this whole series. He's really taking advantage of Zubak not being able uh, to defend out the perimeter very well. Scored 32 points, hit 3 of 8 threes. Uh, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. He's just continued to be great. Uh, and then definitely need to see more from Jamal Murray. He's, uh, other than those games where he was really on fire, he's just been a bit inconsistent going back and forth between having a good and then just uh, average to below average game. It was just, even though it was a close game, I just never really had that confidence in the Nuggets that they were going to win, especially in the fourth quarter. Because the Clippers just closed it way better than the Nuggets. The Clippers uh, were uh, did such a good job of closing it, especially Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't great in the first half, but stepped up big in the in that fourth quarter. And that's where I trust this Clippers team so much. Because I just trust Kawhi to always make the right play, especially uh, down the stretch. And I think he's just so good down the stretch. He was uh, great there. And then in game four... Uh, the Clippers weren't great offensively, but the defense they were playing was really, really impressive. Uh, Kawhi had a great night offensively. Marcus Morris was was pretty solid, shot five, uh, three of five from three. Uh, Paul George definitely had a really bad game, four of ten, two of six from three. Uh, didn't even get to the free throw line at all, had five fouls in only 26 minutes. It just wasn't a good game from him. Uh, but Kawhi, Kawhi stepped up in that absence of him not having a good game. Uh, Lou Williams shot only 3 of 11, 0 of 3 from 3. 
Uh, Hugh hasn't been good either the past uh, two games. Landry Sham at one of seven, one of six from three. Montrezl Harrell had another good game off the bench. Uh, but overall, they shot under 30% from three, about 42% from the field. Just wasn't an impressive performance from them, at least offensively. But on the defensive end, they played great. Uh, at, at a certain point, the the Nuggets were just missing shots, but they were also playing great defense. Jamal Murray shot 6 of 15. He was just fine. It wasn't anything great. Still uh, did score 18 points. Jokic had another good game. Only shot 2 of 7 from 3, though. Uh, Jeremy Grant, 2 of 7. Uh, Gary Harris, 2 of 5. Monte Morris, 1 of uh, one of 6. Michael Porter Jr., again, was very good offensively. 3 of 4 threes. Uh, five, hit 5 of his 8 shots overall. Torrey Craig, 0 of 3. Uh, they shot under 40% from the field, about 33% from 3. Just wasn't an impressive performance for them. They played pretty poor offensively. No one really stepped up for them. Uh, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back to talk about NFL news and then my first week predictions. Okay, I'm back to talk about some NFL news, and then I'll do my week one predictions. Uh, We had a lot of injuries happen. Uh, Von Miller is most likely going to be out for the season, which really sucks. It's just super unfortunate to see such a talented player. Uh, go out like that another player in that division who went out on the defensive end Derwin James and even if you're a fan of the team or if you're not it just always sucks to see uh, such talented players go with injury and yeah hopefully he'll recover I had the Broncos as one of my sleeper teams and that definitely hurts it was going to be really fun to watch him and Bradley Chubb come off the edge I really like Drew Locke too so that definitely hurts the team a lot, and it just sucks to see him go out. Uh, there's just been a lot of just like little injuries. Daniil Hunter was placed on the IR. We haven't heard much about the specifics of the injury yet, but he'll miss at least three uh, games due to being on the IR, which, again, it just sucks. Uh, Akib Talib retired. Uh, great career, very solid career, but he was getting older. Uh, Ryan Shazier also retired, had a very moving speech about his retirement. Uh, Obviously, we all know what happened to Ryan Shazier. He had that catastrophic injury, and the fact that he was even trying to come back and he didn't retire immediately was super inspiring. The fact that he's back to walking is something that's even uh, surprising. So shout out to Ryan Shazier. Uh, That speech on Instagram was really special, and... Uh, hopefully he continues to slowly recover from that awful injury and uh, gets back to living the normal life that he probably wants to live. Uh, he, uh, Jalen Ramsey, $105 million, five-year extension. Obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the game, probably the second best. Uh, still a super young player, and they traded a lot for him, so it makes sense to secure him long-term, give him a great contract. I mean, it's definitely a lot for a corner, especially considering the Rams' cap situation. Their cap situation is really ugly. That Jared Goff contract is really bad. Uh, They have the Aaron Donald contract, which isn't bad, but it's big because Aaron Donald's such a talented player. Uh, So that's definitely a big contract. But, I mean, it makes sense completely, especially with them trading the two first-round picks for him. Uh, And that's kind of it. There wasn't much news. There's been just, like, a lot of little cuts. Uh, We haven't heard much about anybody getting uh, positive COVID-19 cases, so that's good. Uh, I mean, 
there's some smaller uh, news like uh, Kareem Hunt signed a two-year extension with the Browns. Uh, that means for two more years they're going to have an elite uh, a halfback tandem with him and Nick Chubb. Uh, I really hope the Browns have a good year this year because last year was super disappointing. And it's just fun to see a team uh, that has been bad for so long be actually good. I actually like Baker Mayfield, even though he had a super down year. Uh, I think they can be good this year, and I honestly hope they're good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins also signed a huge contract extension. Uh, I think it was the biggest non-quarterback contract ever two years. $54.5 $54.5 million extension. That's a, a crazy amount of money. But he's a phenomenal player. Definitely deserves it. Uh, not the best receiver in the NFL to me, but he's definitely uh, up there. I I would still have Julio over him, but phenomenal player. Uh, and the Cardinals definitely needed that number one receiver guy. I think the Cardinals can be really solid this year. I, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. Uh, the rookie season that he had was really impressive. And I just like the move to keep him. It's not a super long-term contract, but he is getting a little older, so I think it just makes sense for both sides. Uh, and it won't put them in a super bad cap situation because his contract will be over, and maybe they'll extend him again uh, when Kyler Murray has to get his big contract. So hopefully they can take advantage of Kyler Murray being on the rookie contract. It's obviously a pretty big rookie contract considering he was the first pick, but it's still smaller uh, compared to what he'll get extended for. And yeah, I'm... Uh, gonna talk about my NFL first week predictions. It's so exciting that the NFL is back. Uh, I'm super excited for the season. Literally, first game today, Texans versus Chiefs. Doesn't even feel like it's real as back. Uh, but I got the Chiefs winning this game. Uh, I just think simply they're the better team. Uh, I think it'll be a really fun duel between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson for sure. Uh, both of those guys got huge contract extensions. But I just think the Chiefs are such a good team. Uh, They don't really look to have any issues with injuries. Uh, Most of their team is back. So I just think they're going to be an amazing team this year. I think it's going to be so hard to beat them. I got them going back-to-back for sure. And uh, Brandon Cooks is a game-time decision. So that's definitely uh, a big X factor because they obviously don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what what david johnson does for them because he is a player who i used to love back in like 2016 2017 i was such a big fan of david johnson was probably my favorite running back in the whole league but he's kind of just taken this big step back uh out of nowhere i mean he's had a lot of injuries for sure and that has definitely derailed the hype that he had uh but yeah i got the chiefs winning that i'll say like uh, 35 to 24, I'll say is my final score prediction. Uh, we got Eagles versus the football team. Uh, definitely got the Eagles winning this. I think the football team's going to be really, really bad this year. Uh, even though I think Chase Young is a generational talent, I think he's going to be one of the best, uh, Ed rushers of the 2020s. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to have a better season. Uh, but I also think the Eagles are going to have a better season. They were uh, really rattled with injuries last year. Uh, Carson Wentz basically had no weapons around him. But with all his guys back, with guys like Zach Ertz back, uh, Miles Sanders definitely had a breakout year for them. I think they are going to win this pretty easily. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a really good season uh, just because he's gotten a lot of criticism, which I think uh, most of it is undeserving. 
but yeah, I got the Eagles winning this. I'll say the Eagles win this uh, 28-3. I just think it's going to be a rough game. Uh, the, the football team basically has no running back anymore uh, with Darius Geis being cut after the uh, domestic violence uh, charges and then Adrian Peterson being cut. They don't have a running game. Uh, their offensive line isn't great, especially with them uh, trading Trent Brown. I just think they're not a very good team, even though I think their defense can be decent. I just think the Eagles are a solid team, especially with them being healthy, and I think they'll have a bounce-back season. Uh, moving on to Dolphins versus Patriots. Now, this is a really, really uh, interesting game. Super excited to see this one on Sunday because uh, we have Scott Cam Newton's first game as a Patriot, which is something I'm really anticipating. Uh, I've been so excited to see Cam Newton in the Patriots uniform, and I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, I definitely got the Patriots winning this game. Uh, I actually like the Dolphins quite a lot, and I like a lot of the offseason moves they made, getting guys like Byron Jones. Uh, But I just think they're still a very incomplete team. Don't have much of a running game. Obviously, Tua is still a rookie, uh, and... It'll be definitely a learning curve for him, especially with all the injuries he's dealt with. He won't have uh, the same experience as other guys. So I think it'll be uh, probably a bit of a rough game for him, especially considering how uh, poor that offensive line is. That offensive line is really bad. And I think the Patriots' defense will be great, just like it was last year. I think Cam Newton's going to have a really good season. I think Sony Michelle's going to have a bounce-back season. Overall, I just like this Patriots team, uh, even though... It, doesn't have as much talent as last year's team Uh, i still like it i just like the different dynamic that cam newton brings to the team it gives uh bill bill belichick a whole uh different scheme that he can use just because he has so much more flexibility with a guy who can be mobile uh like cam newton so i'm definitely excited for that game uh i got patriots winning 24 to 10 uh moving on packers vikings now this one will be a pretty interesting game uh, the Daniil Hunter injury definitely hurts them. Uh, and the Packers are a very good team, but so are the Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook's healthy. Uh, most of their guys, other than Daniil Hunter, are healthy. So this should be a really good game. I think this will be one of the better games for sure. Uh, I think both of these teams will probably be pretty close in the standings. Uh, the Packers are a very solid team, even though I didn't like their offseason. Uh, I didn't like their draft, even though I didn't mind the Jordan Love pick that much just because of Aaron Rodgers' age. I didn't like uh, where they went in the later rounds, drafting a running back when I think their running back position is pretty set. I just didn't like that. Uh, But I still have the Packers winning this game. I think it'll be really close. So uh, I had them winning 31-28. to I think the Vikings and them are both going to have a good season. Uh, Definitely both will be fighting in that division for sure. Moving on, we got Colts versus Jaguars. Another interesting uh, game, just because we'll see Phillip Rivers in a Colts uniform. Uh, After seeing him in the Chargers uniform for so long, it's going to be definitely weird. Uh, But I think the Jaguars are a really, really bad team, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew uh, can be solid, but that just team is really bad. They're definitely going in a tanking direction. Uh, just with all the players they moved for assets uh, in the future, I think the Colts will probably destroy that this team because I think the Colts are pretty solid. They got a pretty decent running game. Uh, they drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor in the draft, and I just think they're a good team. Uh, I think they'll win, I'll say, 35-3. to This Jaguars team is really bad, 
especially with all the losses in the offseason and in the previous offseason. Uh, Bears versus Lions. Uh, now this one definitely will be interesting to see if Mitch Trubisky has a good season uh, because he was named as the starting quarterback over Nick Foles, and I don't really know what to take of that. I don't know if that means they just didn't like what they saw from Nick Foles or they like what they saw from uh, Mitchell Trubisky. That'll be interesting for sure. I think the Lions can definitely have a bounce-back season. Uh, Matthew Stafford was amazing when he was healthy, but he dealt with uh, that back injury that sidelined him for the rest of the season. Uh, they got Adrian Peterson. They got a solid running game. I think their defense is fine. And honestly, I don't think they're going to be terrible. Uh, they definitely won't be a great team or anything. Uh, but I have this game being a pretty low-scoring game. I think it'll be more of a defensive game. Uh, I'll say Lions. I'll say Lions 16, uh, Bears 10. Moving on, Raiders versus Panthers. Now I don't think either team, either of these teams, will be great. Uh, I do definitely like the Teddy uh, Bridgewater pickup for the Panthers. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot, just as like a bridge quarterback. Uh, hopefully they can get a younger guy in the draft that they could really have being a franchise guy. But just for the three-year contract that he's on, I think that's a good move for them. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey is phenomenal. Uh, such a dynamic player, can do so many things uh, with the ball in his hands and is great out of the backfield as a pass catcher for sure. Uh, I do have the Panthers winning this game. I'll say they win uh, 21 to 14. Uh, 21 to 17 because I think the Raiders offense can be good uh, their receiving core is looking a lot better they drafted uh, Henry Ruggs and uh, Darren Waller's becoming one of the uh, better tight ends in the NFL I think this season definitely hinges a lot on Derek Carr it's his last chance they've already seemed to give up on him uh, but this is really his last chance to prove uh, that he's anything in the NFL uh, obviously they had uh, they have a very good running game, had an amazing rookie running back. Uh, but I just think the Panthers are a slightly better team. I don't think either team's great, though. Uh, moving on, Jets first Bills. Uh, definitely got the Bills winning this. The Bills' defense was phenomenal last season. Uh, they extended Tredavious White, and he was so great for them last season. They just have such a well-rounded defense. Uh, and I don't think their offense is great. Uh, but it's improving, especially with the continued improvement of Josh Allen. He'll have a throw uh, here and there every time where he just overthrows it really bad. But he's definitely getting a lot better. Uh, they got him a big weapon in Stefan Diggs, who I think is going to be phenomenal for him. It'll definitely be nice uh, for Josh Allen to have a weapon like that because he really didn't have many weapons offensively last year. They just had a lot of uh, solid guys but that weren't too great. So having a true number one guy will definitely help them. Uh, I think that offense will be better. I think the defense will either be the same or better than last year. And that defense was great last year. That really carried them uh, to the playoffs with them, I think, going 10-6 and six last year. I have them winning, uh, I'll say, 24-10. to 10. The Jets just aren't a very good team. I'm not a big believer in Sam Darnold. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think will have a bit of a bounce back season, but that offensive line is really bad. They obviously traded Jamal Adams, who's such a massive piece uh, for them defensively. They do have guys who I do like, like Quinnen Williams. I really like Denzel Mims. Uh, I don't know how much of an opportunity he'll get, but I love him as a rookie receiver uh, for sure. They drafted Mekhi Becton, who I think is going to be a great uh, tackle, but that offensive line is still uh, overall just not very good, and that team just overall doesn't have much talent. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got Browns versus Ravens. 
Uh, now this is an interesting one because I do think the Browns are going to have a bounce back season. Uh, but I think the Ravens, Ravens are just such a solid, well-rounded team. Uh, they got a great running game. Obviously, Lamar is uh, the best running quarterback in the league. And then they got solid uh, halfbacks like uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, they drafted J.K. Dobbins. And I just think this team is still great. Uh, they picked up Calais Campbell, which was a phenomenal pickup for them, especially uh, for the value they had to give away. They had to give away very little uh, to get such a talented player. I think that defense will be great. Uh, I love the schemes they run with the multiple tight ends. Uh, Mark Andrews really had a breakout season last year. And I just think this Ravens team is still going to be great. I don't know how much I believe in them in the playoffs. I'll definitely need to see uh, Lamar step up. Just continue to improve as a passer. Definitely got way better last year, but still can use some work for sure. Uh, and I think the Browns will have a bounce back season, like I said. Uh, they got the great running game. They'll have those guys for the entire year because uh, Kareem Hunt was out for half the season last year due to his suspension. Uh, and then they'll have Baker Mayfield, who I think will have a bounce back year. Uh, and then that defense, Miles Garrett, got paid a ton of money. Uh, he'll be great because he's just such a talented player. They got a lot of players who I do like on that team, and I just like the team overall. But I just think the Ravens are simply a better team. Uh, I'll have Ravens winning, I'll say, uh, 31 to 20 to 21 uh, Ravens over Browns. All right, moving on. We got Seahawks versus Falcons. Now, Falcons are another team that I think will have a bounce back year. Uh, they should be healthy this year. We'll see how Todd Gurley does with, him, with them. That's very interesting because, obviously, such... A talented player just so talented but injuries have really derailed his career uh, at this point so hopefully he can have a bounce back season I think uh, Matt Ryan's gonna have a good season Julio Jones in my opinion is the best receiver in the NFL they got a nice second receiver in Calvin Ridley uh, they got solid defensive pieces like Deion Jones I just think they're a solid team they'll definitely have a better season than last year because uh, last year was just uh, pretty disappointing year for them. They started off really slow and started to pick up things at the end. Uh, but even though I do think they're going to have a bounce back season, I think the Seahawks will have another great season. I just think having Russell Wilson on a team on your team, uh, even if the supporting pieces aren't great, you're going to be pretty solid no matter what. But they do have some nice supporting pieces uh, like Tyler Lockett, who I really like. Uh, they have to got Bobby Wagner on defense. They picked up Jamal Adams, who will be a massive piece for them uh, defensively. Hopefully their running backs will be healthy because that was a big issue for them last year is that uh, towards the end of the year they had basically zero running game. Uh, but I definitely like the Seahawks team. I think uh, DK Metcalf will have another really good season. Hopefully, uh, I just want to see him step up in uh, areas like route running for sure because that's basically uh, his biggest weakness is that he doesn't make super uh, hard cuts and he's just... Uh, pretty one-dimensional as far as a, a route runner, but obviously he has all the physical tools in the world. One of the most athletic players in the whole league uh, is incredibly strong, has pretty good hands, pretty strong hands. Uh, and I got the Seahawks winning this game. Uh, I'll, I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. I'll have the Seahawks winning 35-31. to 31. Moving on to Chargers versus Bengals. Now, even though I do like Joe Burrow a ton, I think Joe Burrow is going to be absolutely phenomenal in the league. Uh, and I like what they did in their draft. Uh, the Bengals just simply still aren't a great team. The offensive line isn't very good. Uh, Joe Burrow is a rookie at the end of the day. 
Uh, the receiving core, A.J. Green will be healthy. But at this point, I really don't know how good uh, A.J. Green is as a player just due to all the injuries that he's uh, suffered throughout his career. Uh, I think he'll probably take a bit of a step back. That defense doesn't have many pieces. I mean, they have some solid players, uh, but the team just isn't that good overall. I mean, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the Chargers e- either. I mean, they have great pieces uh, like Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is such a talented player. Uh, Melvin Ingram is a pretty solid player. Uh, but obviously they lost Der- Derwin James, who is huge for them. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is their starting quarterback. I don't know how good Tyrod Taylor will be because I haven't really seen him play significant time in a while now. Uh, but I think the Chargers will win. I just don't think this will be a very good game. All of them winning 14-10. to 10. I think Joe Burrow will probably uh, have a bit of a rough game. I mean, it's his uh, first career game. Obviously, there was no preseason this year. Uh, but I think he'll still have a good season overall. Moving on, Cardinals versus 49ers. Now, I definitely got the 49ers winning this, even though I think this will be a really fun game. I think Kyler Murray will give them some problems uh, like he did last year. The Cardinals played really well against the 49ers last year. Uh, but I just think the 49ers are too talented. That defensive line is insane. I think Nick Bosa is going to have another great season. I think he'll be even better. And he was already very, very good last year. And just overall, the defense is so good. Richard, they got Richard Sherman. They just have so many pieces that are so talented. Uh, the offense isn't isn't amazing. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty average. But the, obviously, they got George Kittle, who in my opinion is the uh, best tight end in the league. Uh, such a talented player uh can do so much as a pass catcher is elite in in the running game as a blocker uh, and then the cardinals i think kyler murray is going to have a bit of a breakout year he had a great rookie season but i think this is truly his time to uh, break out especially with him having a true number one guy in deandre hopkins uh, i still don't like their running game that much i mean it's it's not great it's not terrible it's just kind of in the middle and then I don't know if I can really trust that uh, defense too much, especially uh, with the schemes that the 49ers run. No matter who they really have at running back, I just feel like uh, they do such a good job of opening lanes for their running back. The offensive line got even better with them picking up Trent Brown, uh, and then they have George Kittle, who's the best blocking tight end in the league, in my opinion. So I think this will be a fun game for sure. Uh, I just think that 49ers defense will be a little too much for the Cardinals. And, yeah, I have the 49ers winning, I'll say, 28-24. I think this would be a good close game. Uh, Moving on, we got Buccaneers versus Saints, which will be very exciting. Obviously, Tom Brady's first game as a Buccaneer. uh, Rob Gronkowski's first game as a Buccaneer. got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. uh, They picked up Leonard Fournette. This team is really, really talented, especially on the offensive end for sure. And I think they're uh, bound for a really good season. I think Tom Brady hasn't taken the step back, uh, well, at least as big of a step back as many people are making it out to be, because uh, many people are acting like he's just fallen off this cliff, which I really just don't think he has. I think he was put in a super, uh, super tough situation last year uh, with the receivers. There was definitely some disappointments in guys like Nikhil Harry, and I just think this... Uh, the weapons he has around him are absolutely incredible. Uh, such a talented offense. I think that defense uh, isn't great, but I think it'll be solid enough. And then obviously on the Saints side, they're just such a consistently good team. Uh, Alvin Kamara 
is a great running back. Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Michael Thomas, uh, top three receiver in the NFL. The defense is consistently uh, pretty decent, even though they've had some years where they're bad. And I think this will be a high-scoring thriller. I think this game is going to be super fun. And I have the Buccaneers going on top. Uh, I'll say they win 38-35. to It'll be great to see a duel of two of the best quarterbacks of this era and two of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, moving on to the to the last three games we got to talk about. We got Cowboys versus Rams. Definitely got the uh, Cowboys winning this. I'm not a big fan of the Rams at all. I just don't think Jared Goff is a guy, especially for me. Jared Goff is not a guy I would want as my franchise guy. I just don't believe in Jared Goff too much, to be totally honest. Uh, they definitely got talent on that on that defense. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, but just overall, their team has definitely taken a step back. Uh, obviously, Todd Gurley's gone. The running game won't be the same. Brandon Cooks has been gone. I just don't really like this Rams team much at all uh, because they're stuck in a bad cap situation with not enough talent to really be a great team. And then the Cowboys. I mean. I don't really know what to think of them, to be totally honest. That receiving core is phenomenal, obviously. They got Amari Cooper. Uh, they picked up C.D. Lamb in the draft. That'll be uh, a great piece for them, for sure. Uh, they obviously have Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott, I don't think, is a great quarterback, but he's solid. And then that defense is pretty good. They're just they're a team that's so talented, but I just uh, don't know how much I believe in them just because they've been so talented uh, in these past years, having guys like Demarcus Lawrence, they have they have so many talented players every single year, and it just seems like they always disappoint. But I definitely think they'll beat this Rams team. I got them beating them. Uh, I'll say thirty-five to twenty-one. Moving on, we got Steelers versus Giants. Uh, I definitely think the Steelers are one of my sleeper teams. I think Big Ben is going to have a solid season. Obviously, he missed uh, all of last year uh, due to injuries, and they were still good with very, very poor quarterback play, which just shows how uh, good their coaching is and then shows how elite that defense is. That defense is incredible. Uh, TJ Watt had an insane season. And, yeah, I just think the Steelers are a really solid team. That defense, like I said, is just so impressive. The make of Fitzpatrick trade was a huge W for them. Uh, he's been amazing for them. And then on the Giants' side, uh, I think Daniel Jones will have a, a good season. Uh, I really like Saquon. Saquon's probably my favorite player in the whole NFL. I think he'll have a bounce-back season. He was dealing with some lingering in injuries, and the offensive line wasn't great. The offensive line should be improved. Uh, they'll have a new coach, which will definitely be interesting to see uh, how, that'll, how, how that will affect them. I think the defensive line is pretty good, uh, but overall that defense won't be great. Uh, DeAndre Baker is cut from them. And so that really just makes the cornerback position pretty weak, even though he wasn't that good last year. He showed some promise, uh, but he made that big mistake. And I definitely have the Steelers winning this game. I just think the offense will be much better. I think Juju Smith-Schuster will have a bounce-back season. I think Big Ben will have a solid season. And I think that defense is going to stay phenomenal. Uh, I have them winning, I'll say, 24-10. to and then the last game we have to talk about is Titans versus Broncos. Like I said, the Broncos were one of my sleeper teams. Obviously, they're missing Von Miller, which is a huge loss. The Titans picked up Jadavion Clowney, which I think is a great pickup for them. 
Uh, I think Drew Locke is uh, bound for a really good season. I think he's super talented, and he has weapons around him. They picked up Jerry Judy, who, in my opinion, was the best receiver in the entire draft class. They they had a really good draft. They drafted a guy late who uh, showed some potential, and I liked an Albert Okwebenam. I just like this Broncos team a lot. Uh, I think Bradley Chubb's bound for a really good season as long as he can stay healthy. And yeah, but the Titans are also a very good team. Derrick Henry had an incredible season last year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, while not being uh, an elite quarterback, definitely is a very solid, stable starting quarterback that I would like on my team. And just overall, I think this team is really, really solid. I think they have good coaching. Uh, I think Derrick Henry's going to have another great season. And I'll say the Titans win... uh, I'll say the Titans win 24-21. I think this Broncos offense is going to be electric, uh, but with the loss of Von Miller and them just not having as much experience as the Titans, I got them winning this game. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you did, make sure to leave a like on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to download. Uh, And yeah, it's Ben Michael. Peace out.